Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, it's the Sparky Fiber. 55 past the hour. Time for another Milwaukee Sports Time Out here on 1250 AM. The Fan. We'll talk with Tim Dillard for our weekly appearance from Valley Sports Wisconsin. Uh, here in the Wendy's studios, you've probably had some sort of flavored cream cold brew by now because, well, they're delicious. But Frosty has just entered the chat and is about to shake up the world of cold brews just like it did desserts. Available in vanilla, caramel, and chocolate, Wendy's new Frosty Cream Cold Brew is a morning maker. Puts other post-lunch pick-me-ups down and down bad. Try a Frosty Cream Cold Brew today at a participating Wendy's. Like I said, joining us now, he is Tim Dillard. Follow him on Twitter at Dim Tillard, part of Brewers Unfiltered that you can download on your Odyssey app or over at Brewers.com. Tim, let's talk about the Brewers uh, coming off a weekend against the Braves where they get one game. Are the Braves the best team that you've seen so far uh, that has faced the Brewers? Yeah, I mean, they are relentless. I mean, it's just, it's live and die by the homer, and they can hit homers one through nine. It was, uh, it was interesting to watch. I wasn't even working those games, but I still showed up and watched just because I feel like you're going to see those two teams in the playoffs in some capacity because um, they're, they're both good, Brewers and Braves. Uh, they do it in different ways. Uh, the Braves, like I said, they're relentless, and they just got some guys that can crush. When you're hitting opposite field home runs every single game, uh, something's, something's up. <laughs> no doubt about it. And the the game that everybody's going to remember from this series, obviously, is the Sal Freelick show uh, from oh, over yeah. the weekend on Saturday. Two amazing catches crashing into the wall, uh, three for three, and then gets comes up to the plate his fourth at bat uh, and hits a fly ball to right field that, that scores uh, the lead run after he had hit in the tying run the previous at bat. That was some type of debut there uh, for a kid that I think had some hype around him, I think, from the Brewers fan base. Everybody was excited to see him play. Uh, and he beyond lived up to expectations, I think, for Brewers fans game one. Yeah, I, I, if you're a Brewers fan, you've got to be excited for this kid. Uh, as a pitcher, I'm watching him, just how he walks to the plate, uh, how he takes pitches, how he looks at the counts, looks at the situation that's in front of him. Uh, and it's pretty scary because you can tell he has a lot of confidence in what he's doing. He knows how to hit. He knows how to make adjustments. We saw that in the game yesterday where he hit a ball that was, you know, going to be like six inches outside. He ends up shooting it down the line yep. in left field just because he was looking at the defense and he's like, well, they're going to pitch me away and I got a shot over here. I'm going to take it. You don't just do that by chance. Uh, I think he's an extremely smart hitter. And I think we're starting to see how good of an outfielder he is, too. He covered a lot of range, jumping into the wall. My goodness. Um, and then just to bounce back up and run in. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure a lot of I'm sure a lot of higher ups will hold their breath on that one, but uh, just incredible talent. You know, when you talk about this dude, uh, it's 
Kind of reminds me of Council. That when Council played, it was always, oh, he's a professional hitter. You know, he he does everything the right way. And that kind of reminds me of kind of who he is now. He's obviously faster than Council, probably, uh, and obviously plays <laughs> a different position uh, than Council playing the outfield. But when you start thinking about Garrett Mitchell, Joey Weimer, Sal, uh, and then uh, Churio, who is coming, who's in Double A right now, tearing it up here since the All Star break. Uh, for the Brewers, th- this team is loaded at that outfield position right now. Yeah, it, you know, and that stuff kind of shakes itself out as the as time goes on, um, and who goes where, and you know what? If you you have to think that with this many outfielders, you got to think maybe somebody will be in a in a trade piece this year or next year, you know, or off season. Um, you hope not, <laughs> in right. some regard, uh, because they're just exciting players. Just the sheer speed. Uh, putting the ball in play, uh, throwing people out—it's—it's—it's it's, it's pretty elite. And the stolen bases, uh, yeah, I think the Brewers um, are definitely gifted in the, in the outfield area. Not sure how it's going to play out as the as the years go on, but the Brewers <laughs> Brewers fans are in for a treat. Talking with Tim Dillard, of course, presented to you every week by the Fourth Base Restaurants, uh, and definitely want to visit there. Yeah, you go in the iconic uh, bar for sports bar from Major League, but you go in there maybe on your way over to see the Brewers play baseball over at American Family Field or or whatnot, and uh, you think it's a burger and a beer and a shot bar somewhere along those lines, and then you realize they've got steaks and lobster and crab legs and the whole deal—an elevated dining experience. Uh, fourth base restaurant, perfect date night spot, right, Tim Dillard? I think your your girl would be impressed by the food she's going to eat once she gets in there, and surprised probably. Yeah, she, I, I'm trying to think. Last time we were there, I guess it was like a month ago. Um, yeah, that's that's a definite definite date spot. Kid me, so much history on the walls. I mean, it's that that in and of itself seems like uh, enough to go there. It's almost a museum. Uh, I love fourth base. I'm actually going to be there uh, after this series, the last game of the Cincinnati series. As soon as I'm done with the Bally Show, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to jump in the car and piddle on over there, so wait for the traffic to die down as I uh, enjoy some food. That sounds awesome. Uh, Let's talk about this uh, MLB trade deadline that's coming up about a week away from that. We were talking about the Braves. They go out, they add two relievers this morning as we're taping this on Monday uh, to their bullpen. Uh, They brought up that young flamethrower for yesterday's game uh, that's going to be a problem, I think, for opposing teams going forward. (laughs) From the Brewers' perspective, what do you expect – maybe from the Brewers to do here at the trade deadline in the next week, if anything? Um, it, so, you know, I've been asked this a lot on, on different platforms. And the one thing I would say, the worst thing you can do is just do do a trade that disrupts the clubhouse. That would be the worst. It didn't matter if you got Shohei Otani, but if you get him and, and get rid of five guys in that clubhouse, you know, that's a six-person swing. You don't want to make a bunch of moves in the clubhouse. That clubhouse is great. It's tight-knit. Um, and guys are pulling their weight. This is a good team without any trades. It really is. And with Woodruff on the horizon, uh, hopefully get Telez back in a couple weeks, three weeks, um, you know, maybe things start to come together. But if they did add one piece, I, I, I would suggest they add just a hitter. Just a hitter that bats 280 um, that can you could put in four, five, or six hole. It doesn't matter if it's a DH or what, but just somebody to come around uh, a little sooner than maybe they're, they're waiting on Winker. And honestly, I know people are – you know, thinking about Winker, like, why is he in there? The guy can play. The guy can hit. They're just waiting for him to get hot. That's all it is. Um, and when he gets hot, they're going to be glad they stuck it out. But uh, they do need – I think they could use somebody there. Uh, but maybe not. Maybe Freelich's going to be their guy. So, I don't know. As of right now, this team is good. they got 55 wins. The Dodgers, uh, with their payroll, has 57 wins on the season. 
Um, I mean, you start looking around baseball or just in the National League. I mean, Brewers are Brewers are there. You know, they're a good team. So, uh, do they need one piece to send them over the edge? Maybe, but I don't think it's a pitching aspect. It's not a defensive aspect. Um, it would just be a bat, one bat. I would say I'd go as far as say two bats. But let's go back to Jesse Winker for a second. Because I, I was talking right. to a, a friend of mine the other day. I said, this is kind of like a parent coaching his kid of, I don't care how bad he is, I'm still going to play him regardless because I'm coaching this team one way or the other. And then on top of it, he's hitting in the cleanup spot. And I think that's probably what drives fans even more crazy is he's not playing or not hitting all that well. And then Council has him in the middle of the lineup versus towards the bottom of the lineup. Uh, and I know people always, you know, get irritated with me every time I talk lineup because it's like, oh, lineup doesn't matter as much as you think. But I- I've always argued that it does matter to a certain degree. Uh, and so I- I'm- I've always questioned why he would be in the cleanup hole to begin with when he's not playing. Well, now, if he gets hot, like you say, well, that's different. Well, I mean, it, we saw what he did when he was with the Reds against the Brewers two years ago. He's been yep. battling injuries. Um, but but he, he is a good hitter. He's going to be a good hitter. You know, he might be one of those guys that maybe doesn't pan out this year, but wherever he goes next year, he's going to he's going to live up to you know what they were hoping for here. But I think they like him. I think they are going to go with him for the foreseeable future. Uh, and you know what? He doesn't get a hit every game, but a lot of times when he gets a hit, it's a big hit. Uh, I know several games alone, he's the guy that's driven in like the lone run. So he is clutch when they need him to be, and he will get that walk and then gets pinch run for and Whoever pinch runs usually steals the base. So, I, I mean, you start looking at what he is, uh, just sheer by the numbers, they're probably not going to wow you. But uh, if you look a little deeper in his, his clutchness out there on the field uh, or at the plate, uh, it's, it's good. So I, I don't know. I, I wonder how long they'll stick him out, but I don't think he's, he's not a detriment or anything. I think they're going to be patient, and I think there's signs he's getting better. I'm going to go with another lineup question. You and I hardly ever talk lineup when we do these weekly things, but I got another one for you. I, I, I've always thought watching Freely come up that he essentially is going to be the leadoff hitter for like a decade with the Brewers, you know, providing they can resign him after dealing all that stuff. But whatever, a leadoff hitter—that's who kind of I think the perfect fit for him is. But if they were to do that now, that means Yelich would then move out of that hole, probably to the three hole or the two hole at this point. But as a major league manager, when somebody's going as well as he is. Uh, is that a dangerous thing to move him out of a spot where he's caught fire all year in that leadoff spot and, and move him to a different spot, or do you not worry about that? I mean, I think Yelich is the best leadoff hitter in the game. Uh, honestly, especially in July. Are you kidding me? In yeah. June? Um, I, I don't think you would want to mess that up just because he is on base. What do you want from your leadoff hitter? And then think about the pressure you're putting on Freelick, who just got to the big leagues. Hey, uh, we need you to produce like this guy. Hey, get on base like this guy. Uh, I, I think that's I think that's you know a lot of pressure to put on a kid. Uh, I would rather just let him float around the lineup. Sure, because I, I love having Yelich in the leadoff spot. Contreras, when they finally put him in the two hole, things started to pick up. You started to see the team really going after some runs uh, and putting some you know putting some W's up there. And uh, you know aside from that, you're going to have Adamus. Adamus is probably going to have to bat third or fourth each time. But then you have some wiggle room. You can move guys around and. Um, you know, Miller's hoping to catch hot again. Monasterio's been very consistent with his everyday play. So you got to be excited, you know. And, and when you come up to the big leagues, you you are willing to just do whatever it takes. So it, Freelich may be the floating guy. He may bat third one game. He may bat fifth, um, fourth, we, like we saw in yesterday's game. So 
I, I don't know. I think keep him the floating guy, and if he needs to be, and, and definitely keep Yelich in the leadoff hole. My goodness, there's people that would, you know, would would move the earth to have a leadoff guy like that in their lineup. It's it's funny because as a Brewer fan, it was very bizarre and weird to see Freelich go to the cleanup spot game two. Uh, because at least when Council has been here, it's always been you started the bottom of the lineup and you gradually work your your way up the lineup. And then I started looking back. Fielder himself, he was at like six or seven in, in the very beginning for the Brewers and never really got moved up till later. Braun was the only one uh, that was at two or three right off the bat uh, to start his career and then kind of stayed there in that three-hole going forward. So when they moved Freelick up to four, I was stunned to see him in that four-hole in the lineup came up. Well, I think it, it's changed a little bit, you know, from, from what you're talking about when those guys came through. Just because, you know, maybe not as much emphasis is put on the four-hole guy as much as maybe the three or the five. But the way the councils construct this lineup, it's, it's you got to put your hottest dudes at the top. Right. First two. You got Yelich, you got Contreras. Uh, and then you need guys that can spray the ball around. You got Monasterio and Miller kind of hanging out in the middle. Of course, you got to have a bat that if you make a mistake to um, – you know, that you're going to pay. That's where the winker, that's where Tapia was. It's just kind of one of those guys that's going to make you pay. And you got, I love Weimer in the nine hole. I mean, I feel bad for the kid. I mean, honestly, he's probably deserved. He could be in the four hole or something like that just because uh, he can make things happen. But uh, the way you construct the lineup is, okay, you, not everyone's expected to get a hit. So you go with the ones that, okay, well, if these guys are on base, then we need somebody in this spot to eventually get them in. And you, that's the way you, that's the way you construct it. People protecting people. And so if you have a guy that can have a huge contact and foul off a lot of balls and go deep counts with somebody like Freelich, um, that plays in the four hole because then you're allowing five, five and six to, to really have a chance to swing early. So I don't know if you have Miller batting fifth, he doesn't like to work the count a lot, doesn't strike out a lot, doesn't walk a lot. So there you go. You guys, you got, you got to start constructing it on where pitchers are going to be uh, most effective. Beautiful. Well said. Uh, Tim, uh, one last thing. Belated happy birthday, uh, first off. Uh, and what did you do to celebrate your birthday other than work? Uh, I, I mean, if you could call it work, I got to be in Philadelphia and call a Phillies and Brewers game. So that's not really work. But uh, my family was there. And I don't know, just we had we had lunch. We went to a, the Franklin Institute there. Uh, we're Kind of right down the street from where Rocky's statue is. Oh. And so got to say hi to Rocky. Nice. Uh, his statue, anyway. Yeah. And I don't know. It was it was good. And if any scouts are listening to this, I am 25 years <laughs> yes. old. I know that's a milestone <laughs> for a lot. But, uh, yeah, no, that was it. We don't, you know, I don't really put a lot of emphasis on the birthday. And uh, I played 18 professional seasons. And I bet, I bet I got away with nobody knowing it was my birthday, at least, at least 10 or 12 of those. Um, just because, I don't know, that's when you get all the text messages and you get all the phone calls right. and, and all that. So I kind of just made it. But once social media started coming around, my wife would not let any of it slide. And so anyway, it's great. It's great. It's fun. It's good to have a day where you celebrate somebody. And I felt like I was really, I was really loved on by social media. All the people that were saying happy birthday, it was, it was pretty amazing stuff. Now get ready. Every year it'll be that way now going forward because the Brewers <laughs> and Valley Sports are going to promote it every year. I promise you that. Tim Dillard, thanks so much for coming on. Follow him on Twitter at Dim Tillard. And, of course, Brewers Unfiltered this week as well. Sophia Minnert, Adam McKelvey, uh, and Tim Dillard. Check that out. Download it on your Odyssey app or over at Brewers.com. Thanks so much, dude. We'll talk again next week. Great. Thanks, Sparky. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? 
Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.